0: you okay. Bibles. Let's go uh, to the book of Exodus. We're going to go to the book of Exodus, uh, starting in uh, uh, chapter 14 from the from the 21st verse all the way to the 31st verse. So if you have your Bible, let's go there. If you don't have a Bible, we have the scripture on the screen. So it's 10 verses. I'm going to read through that, and we're going to go into the message uh, for today. It says, verse 21, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water... On either side, one to the right and to their left, the Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed their wheels, the wheels of their chariots, so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Today we're continuing uh, our sermon series that we've been talking about for the past few weeks, um, called "Break Free," and we're talking about the story of Israel and the story of Moses freeing Israel from Egypt. And we've we've been looking at some parallels between the story of freedom of Israel and our personal freedom story in our Christian walk. You see. Freedom for, for Christians is a theme in the New Testament. We are called to be free. In fact, uh, Galatians 5.1, which is the verse that we've been looking at, says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Now, I don't know about you, but when I grew up hearing about the concept of what it meant to be a Christian, the word freedom didn't really come into my mind. I thought being a Christian wasn't about freedom. It was actually about the opposite. It was about, it was about slavery. It was basically about laws and regulations and behavior modification and doing more and trying harder. That was my understanding of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And so I read a verse like this and I'm like, wait, this doesn't really make much sense to me because I thought living a Christian life was about just behaving as best as possible so that as a result of that, God will look at you and accept you into heaven, But the reality is that we are invited into a Christian life of freedom, which doesn't mean doing whatever you want, right? That's, you know, that's debauchery, but but living a life of, of freedom in Christ. And what it means is we have this burden of sin that we're carrying, this yoke of slavery that we're carrying, and we're called to let go of that yoke of slavery, which is sin, and walk in this freedom that is available for us. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about one of these burdens, and and it's really a a burden that that is at the root of every sin, and it's the burden of pride. I want to talk about pride today, this morning, and and pride, what is is pride? Well, very simply, pride is is choosing yourself over God. It's saying, I'm going to choose my logic, my decisions, my common sense, and my goals, my plans over the plans of God. Which, which means that, that you think that you know better. So, so pride is saying, I think I know better than, than God in this matter. Have you ever caught yourself um, giving God advice? Hey, God, you know what? I think that I got a better idea. Let's, have you thought about it from this perspective, right? And God's like, oh, thanks for letting me know I hadn't thought of that, Right? I think we've all kind of done that when there's a situation in your life where God is operating and he's doing something that doesn't really make sense to you, and you're like, I don't think God was paying attention here. It seems like he doesn't have all the information, so I'm going to help him so that he gets a broader picture of what's actually going on. That's the essence of of pride. James 4, 6 says that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see, pride, as I was saying earlier, is at the root of every single sin. Because it takes God out of the picture. And it says, it says, you know what, God? I got this. Let me just do my thing here. I will call you when I need you. Okay? That's pride. And I think we've all, we've all been there. And so this was the case with the Egyptians. That The essence of what they were going through, you know, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, at the root of everything that was happening was was pride. This was the interaction that God was having with Pharaoh. And his pride was represented in all of these deities. Remember, we talked about the 10 deities last week. The, the, the pride of, of, of Pharaoh was represented by all these different deities, these false deities that he was worshiping. And God, we talked about that last week, gave him chance after chance after chance after chance, but his pride did not allow him to acquiesce. He just kept going. Same can be true for you and me. You see, there's an invitation that we have into a life of freedom, into a life of freedom to our God-given purpose, but our pride must be dealt with in order for us to walk in the purpose that God has for us. And here's why. Because God's purpose may not be your purpose. Hey, you may have a whole plan for your life. That doesn't mean that that is God's will for your life. So you have to check your pride and make sure that you're not just seeking the thing that you want and asking God to sign off on what you want for yourself. But the thing is that when you allow the purpose of God to begin to take hold of you, you realize that his purpose was always better than yours. So when you check your pride and you're like, you know what, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do as opposed to what makes sense to me right now. And I'm going to follow you in faith no matter what. As a result of that, you realize that you have more joy, you have more fulfillment, you have more of a sense of motivation, you have more of a sense of direction, you have more clarity in your life. Because you've checked your pride and you're walking with God. So as you walk with God, he's going to work On your pride. In fact, I would say that's probably God's primary work in all of us. And as we clear the way, we will begin walking in step with how God created us to live. And He will give us, just like Pharaoh, He will give us chance after chance after chance after chance. And in the case of Pharaoh, the patience of God was immense, but it did have a timeline. It did end at one point. It's like, I've given you so many chances, but there, there was a final moment to where it's like, okay, I gave you every chance, and you didn't walk the walk that I set out for you. And he reaped the consequences of his disobedience, which led to his demise. However, however there was Moses, and Moses, however, was obedient to God, right? So we have, we have these two sort of parallel stories that are happening at the same time. You know, we've got, we've got Pharaoh who just disobeys God and that leads him to his demise. And at the same time, we have Moses on the other side who God is calling into this life of, of purpose and he's obeying. He was scared, but he kept going, which led to Moses walking into the perfect will that God was having happen through him. So Moses, what did Moses do? He faced his insecurities. He faced his fears. He faced his, his doubts through every single plague. This person who couldn't even speak right, who had all these insecurities, a sense of insufficiency, he just kept going. He kept going and God kept working through him. I mean, imagine Moses with the, with the Egyptians facing Pharaoh, this powerful, powerful guy, this frightening person. You say, let my people go. And he's like, no, plague let my people go, no, plague, let my people go, no, plague, no, plague, 10 plagues all the way toward the end, he kept saying, no, until the final plague, where finally Pharaoh let him go, they walk out of Egypt, and they live happily ever after, no, that's not how it goes, no, right, You see, Pharaoh, drunk on pride and rage, proceeded to hunt them down with his army to try to kill them. So my question to you today is, have you ever been in a situation in your life, in your walk with God, where you're just going through something, something physical, financial, I don't know, something that you're going through, and you're just praying, and then God comes through for you, and you're like, oh my gosh, God, you're so good, thank you for answering my prayer, and you're so happy. And that's just followed by just a new trial. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened? So last year, my New Year's resolution was to, was to take up surfing. You guys remember? Okay. I finally learned, kind of. And I've been thinking about this because I was trying to calculate the amount of times that, that I got, got slammed by a wave versus the time that I actually surfed. And it's probably like 10 to 1. And it's not that different even to this present period of time. So I'm a, I'm a slow learner because I need to be thorough. You know, I need to, get, need to get all the details. So, but I was thinking about that. And there's moments, you, you know, the, the, the wave hits you and you're just like, you know, thrown into the, into the ocean. And it's fine. But then there are other moments when, if you've ever been through this, you know what I'm talking about. Like a wave hits you and you're, you're you know, under the wave. And then you want to come out for air only to be hit by another wave. And then you're like, okay, just relax. And then you come out for the third time and you get hit again. And you're like, okay, this is, I I guess this is how it ends. You know, you're thinking in your mind, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Some of you guys here today, that's, that's, that's your life right now. That's what you're feeling right now. Life is hitting you with something really hard. And you're trying to get a breather only to get something else in your life. It's hitting you again. And you're wondering what's, what's, what's going on? Where is, where is God in this situation? Why am I going through this right now? So I want you to think about that for a little bit because I think that's all of us. At some point, maybe not right now, but at some point in our life, we're like, trial, trial, trial. Where's the, where's the relief here? Where's my breather, right? What's going on? So I want you to think about the story of the, of the Israelites. So the Israelites, imagine this, in Egypt for 400 years. I know sometimes we think about this like, oh yeah, 400 years. 400 years, like 400 years. That's, that's 150 years longer than America has been a country. Think about that for a minute. That is 10 generations that means that, that, that it's their grandparents and their great like the, All they knew was slavery. That's all that they knew. That's all that, that, that was familiar. They could, look, they could think back, far back in their history, always slavery. That's all that they knew. Imagine that moment when they're walking out after a generational life of slavery. They're walking out into their freedom. Think about that. All of a sudden, they're walking out. They're walking out of Egypt and they're free. Imagine the feeling that they're feeling in that moment—the unknown, the fear, the exhilaration—like knowing that God is with them. Like this person, who's a fellow Jew, comes in, creates all these plagues. He talks to God. His staff turns into a snake and then turns back into a staff. He, he says some words and everything goes dark. And then they're walking out of Egypt. And there's this pillar of, of of cloud during the day and then a pillar of fire during the night. And they're walking. They're like, man. What is this? This is insane. Am I dreaming right now? Like, this is crazy what I'm going through. Imagine you being part of that group. And just this sense of confidence that God is with you. Like, you can feel God. You can see God. You can see him coming through for you. You can see all the prophecies being fulfilled in your lifetime. You're walking out. Imagine being part of that group. And that feeling of just belonging. Walking out into your freedom, wouldn't you want to be there? Wouldn't you want to be part of that group, the sense of security that God is with you and walking with you at every, at every moment? So they're walking. They're walking and they're, I don't know, talking, you know, just enjoying fellowship. And they, they face the Red Sea, right? They're there and like, okay, well, there's a big sea in front of us now. What, what are we supposed to do? But hey, God's with us. Like, he's been here the whole time. I don't know. We'll relax here for a little bit, you know. Maybe we'll build some boats and we'll, get, like, we'll figure this one out. So kind of sit there for a little bit. And all of a sudden, you hear in the background, there's like this galloping of horses, you know. This is extra biblical. Like, I mean, I'm picturing this, by the way. And you're hearing this at a distance. And you're like, that's kind of weird. And you notice that the Egyptians are coming and they're going to they're come and they're going to kill you. Like you realize that, that everything that you thought was going to happen, now it seems like the exact opposite is going to happen. Where's the promise? Where is everything that we thought was going to take place? Imagine the roller coaster of emotions. You're on the spiritual high and you come up against this crazy obstacle. And then another one piles up, right? The Red Sea is a crazy obstacle. And then another one piles up behind that, which is threatening your very life. How would you react? How do you react when that happens to you, when that happens in your in your life? What do you do when God comes through for you only to set you up for your next challenge? What do you do? Well, this is how the Israelites reacted. And I love this verse by the way. I think it's so funny. This is what they said. They're out in the desert, right? Israelites, the Egyptians coming after them, they said to Moses, this Exodus 14, 11, Exodus 14, 11, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians rather than to die in the desert. Think about this change of heart that they had. I mean, they went from faith, from trust, from peace, from joy, right back to pride at the very moment that they didn't understand what was happening. I know better than God now. Like, this is bad, you know? After all the miracles, the prophecies fulfilled, the plagues into their freedom, all of a sudden their pride takes over as they start questioning everything. Being in that moment, hey, I, I, I may not know what's best right now, but it's definitely not this. God missed the boat at some point here. See, we can be very critical of the Israelites, but, but aren't we the same way? Don't we tend to be the same way? As long as things are going well, we're happy. As long as, as things are good, God is good. Hey, things are good, God is good, right? Health, oh health. I love you, God. We got food on the table. Oh, man. Thank you for your provision. Job. Oh, you are my Lord, right? Money at the bank, oh, I feel the Spirit, right? Everything seems to be going well in my life, so if things are good, then we think God is good. We're making that connection there. But what about when you get slammed by one thing and then another thing? It feels like something went wrong. Like, it doesn't feel right. And you're asking the question, Man, God, do you want me to suffer right now? Is this, is this your plan for my life? Life. So there's an assumption. I want to talk about this a little bit here. There's an assumption that is so deep in the Christian culture that cannot be found anywhere in scripture, by the way. There's this this assumption that many of us make. And the assumption is this. If you're a follower of Christ, life shouldn't be hard. Because I'm following Jesus. So life should be hard. If you are suffering then something went wrong. So something doesn't fit here. It's strange. However, John sixteen thirty three says this. John 16, says, this is Jesus talking. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see... Did you know that the story of Moses is not a story about Moses' triumph? It's not. He doesn't even go into the promised land. Did you know that? He, does, he only sees it as a distance, and then he dies. He never fulfills the thing that we hoped that he would fulfill in his, in his life. You could say that he failed. He, it was, his life was hardship. Followed by victory, followed by hardship, followed by victory, followed by hardship, followed by victory, followed by hardship, and then followed by victory. Can you relate? I mean, that's, that's life. Jesus tells his disciples that trouble is part of life. James tells his church we should not only expect trials, but we should consider the trials joy. Why? And here's why. Because with Christ, every hardship, every breakup, every disappointment, every struggle, every obstacle that you go through is not wasted. Because with Christ, all these things that you're going through are making you stronger and more complete. He's using everything in your life to transform you into his image. And so you shouldn't question God during trials. You shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. You see, there's only one thing that we should fear. It's pride. And here's why. Because pride cannot coexist with God. Because the very definition of pride is putting God out of the picture and saying, I got this, God. I'll let you know when I need you. Pride says, I know what's best. God says, I know what's best. When you let pride in, you're keeping God out. There's only room for one of you. And I know, I know many of you, some of you, many of you, possibly here, um, life is really hard for you right now. You, you're going through a lot right now. And for some of you, it, t- it took everything that you had just to get here today. I know that. And this is what I'll say. And this, is not, this is not deep theology. It's not clever. It's, not, it's none of that stuff. I want you to hopefully feel this when I say it. Hold on. Hold on. Trust God. He's with you. He's here. This too shall pass. Everything is a season. Hold on to God. Even when it's hard, keep holding on. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't keep God out. I want to kind of transition into the end with this. You see, because here they are. Here they are. The Israelites in front of the Red Sea. I want you to picture that. They are in front of the Red Sea, the Egyptian army behind them. I think we can all kind of relate with that. Like, I got a problem here that I can't resolve, and I got a problem here that I can't resolve. I'm stuck in the middle. What do I do? Well, what do you do? What do you do? You see, Moses could have abandoned God in that moment. He could have said, God, this is too much. Like, you messed up here. i got to figure something out to get myself out of this mess, right? He, he could have tried to go and figure something out. He could have tried to negotiate with the Egyptians. Like, oh, when they come here, we'll kind of talk, terms of We'll figure something out, right? He could, have, he could have given in to fear and walked away from faith. He could have listened to the Israelites who were complaining and saying, hey, so I guess, you know, they didn't have any graves in Egypt, so we got to be buried in this place right here. He could have done all of that. But Moses remembers something in that moment. He remembers something that you and I should also remember in the moments when we don't know what to do and when life seems too hard to handle. And it's this. This is not my battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. He fights for me. He fights for me. And so what does Moses do? He prays. He prays. He brings it to the Lord. And God answers. Exodus 14 16 says this. God answers his prayer. He says, Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I find it very interesting that God didn't just answer the prayer and just divide the sea. Very interesting. He's not like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of that for you. And he just divides the sea. He's like, no, you, stretch out your hand. That's a big step of faith. I try to put myself in Moses' position right there. It's like, man, this is 2.4 million people watching right now. Like, this could be my greatest moment or this could be the most embarrassing thing that ever happens. I could put out my hand and imagine nothing happening. It's like, oh, great job now we're dead. But what does he do? He obeys God. And the same is true for you. There are moments in your life, maybe right now, when you're praying to God and you're waiting for that miracle to just come and happen. Mm -mm. It's very possible that God is asking of you to take a step of faith in order for him through you to be able to have his purpose take place. And I don't know exactly what that means for you, but I think it's possible that someone needed to hear that today. So, what does he do? He obeys God. You see, maybe in your life there's something that requires faith for you to, to act in faith in a certain situation. So, what do you do in those situations? You you look back, right? Like the song we were just singing, you look back and you remember the moments when God came through for you in the past, right? Moses remembering like the plagues and everything that he did before. You can remember that too in your own life and remember that that God is the same God. The same God that came through for you in the past is the same God that can come through for you in the present. Same God. Same God. And then you realize realize that God is inviting you into a deeper understanding of who he is and what he can do. So Moses takes all this information, stretches out his hand. The Red Sea opens up. They go through the Red Sea. The Egyptian armies are destroyed behind them. There is this huge victory, and they live happily ever after. Why are you laughing? That's the end of the story, right? That's not the end of the story. More trials followed by more victories, followed by more trials, followed by more victories. And that's our life. But the question I want to ask you today is, where is the win then for us? If it's going to be victory, trial, victory, trial, where's the win? You see, Moses' story is also our story. And your objective is not to win all the victories, number one, because the battle belongs to the Lord. But your win, your win and my win as Christians is to never let go of the hand of God. Never let go. Just keep holding on. Keep holding on. Seasons of life. God never changes. We do. Circumstances change. God never changes. Don't hold on to your circumstances or your life is going to be like this. Hold on to God who is the same before, present, and future. And that's the message today. And so I want, to, I want to invite you um, to pray with me here for a minute. And then we'll continue with the, with the end of the service. If we could close our eyes and bow our heads here for a minute. I want to pray for you. Lord God, we thank you for for your word today. We thank you, God, because we can look at so many scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament and realize that you are the same God right now in this moment with us. Lord God, I recognize that so many people here right now are just going through a battle and they can just recognize this moment in their life where it just seems like you're not coming through and don't know what's going to happen. I pray for everyone here, God, that we will hold on to you, that we will hold on to you, hold on to your promises, hold on to the fact that you are with us and you never left us and you will never leave us. I pray for every single person here who is going through a relational problem. I pray for every person that's going through health problems. I pray for every person here who's going through a financial struggle. I pray for every single person here right now that is going through a substance abuse addiction. I pray for every single person here who is struggling with their faith right now. The temptation is so huge to walk away, to let pride take over and say, I got this. I'm going to walk alone from now on. I pray, God, that you will speak to every heart and not allow that to happen And that we will realize that without you, we are lost, completely lost. Thank you, God, for the sacrifice of Jesus in which we can receive salvation and forgiveness of our sins. And we thank you because he showed us the way how to live this life of sacrifice in which we put to death our desires, our plans, our projects, And we replace our pride for your presence and walk in step with the Spirit. That's our prayer, God. That's what we want to be, Lord God. We want to be a church of disciples that follow you. And there's a price to pay. We get that. And we want to pay that. In Jesus' name, amen.